What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Latino Nerd Order podcast. This is episode 11. It's going to be a real basic Halloween episode. We're going to touch stuff with a bunch of horror stuff, talk about in depth about Werewolf by Night, as we do on this podcast. I do have a very special guest with me today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Charlie. Uh, a lot of you know me as Felipe's brother. Um, we've known each other for a few years. Uh, really good friends. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's mostly it. Sweet. Well, thanks for doing this podcast with me. Of course, you don't got to thank me. Sweet. So I normally ask people the same usual boring questions. Uh, how did you become a nerd? Um, my nerd, nerddom is a little different. Uh, I'm obsessed with horror. Uh, some of you may know, um, and some of you actually don't know me very well, but I'm obsessed with anything horror, horror movies. Uh, books, anything I thought. Uh, one of the first films that got me into horror in general was Hellraiser. And uh, after that, I became quickly obsessed with not only horror, but Clive Barker and kind of diving into uh, short stories and books of him and Stephen King. Cool. Well, that answers both questions that I had for you. Um, have you seen anything cool lately? Obviously, we just talked about Hellraiser not too long ago, but. Uh, I've seen a lot of duds, but also a few gems. Uh, yeah, the Hulu Hellraiser is really well done, and I appraise it uh, very much so. Um, and there's a lot of duds um, that I'm not too sure if we're going to get into now or later. So. We'll get into some duds, <laughs> but uh, what did you like? Uh, I guess compare the two, the two. I guess we can compare Hellraiser, the original, to this one. Because it's the starting off point. So If I'm comparing them two by two, um, they're both alike in a lot of ways, but also very different. Um, the, I guess you want to say, uh, reboot, um, I like the imagery um, a lot, especially now what, you're, what they're able to do with CGI made the film uh, really captivating. Um, it's really hard to do, especially if you read a lot of Clive Barker's uh, short stories and books, it's hard to put on screen. Um, they tried it with Night Breeders before and it just kind of fell flat. Uh, but with this one, it just popped on screen a lot more. Um, I also was a big fan of uh, Pinhead's, uh, this rendition um, that was done by, I believe her name is Jamie Clayton. Yes. And she just knocked it out of the fucking park. And I loved it. It was, they're, they're a lot alike, but I thought she made it her own. Yeah. And I just, I would watch her again in a film when she's been hit. So. Sweet. Well, obviously, uh, word around town right now is that this movie is really good. I enjoyed it. Again, let me preface by saying this. Anything that I know about horror, I know because of this guy. Uh, maybe a couple of years ago, I hadn't watched a lot of the... Um, I'd seen him when I was a kid. But you know how it goes. You forget a lot of stuff when you get older. And you just forget uh, certain parts of your childhood. Uh, he showed me a lot of the original slashers. And Hellraiser was one of those movies that I watched. And I got to appreciate a lot more now that I'm older. I've always stayed away from the horror stuff. Uh, just because as a kid, my, cousin, my older cousins used to terrify me with it. But um, what I can say about the new Hellraiser is I liked the story. It was really cool. I did like uh, a lot of the new Cenobites were really awesome too. The way they looked. And oh yeah, look, it looks so fucking sick. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, 
it also did like the original one it has that 80s feel to it you know and then this one just felt darker overall which i really appreciated well the original uh there's like some even some parts in it i know people are are going are still love the original i mean i still love the original because it's near and dear to my heart but there's some parts in it that are just really silly and just out of place um and so this one didn't feel uh, uh, this 2022 uh version didn't feel as silly or have those moments where i'm like rolling my eyes i was just like the entire film just like in awe so yeah so that was one of the pluses uh and releases i would say this month probably um a, a film i guess the last two, I was what's we'll called the Halloween trilogy that Blumhouse has <laughs> has decided to usher in has created um, a lot of debate. Uh, again, I know the story of Halloween. Uh, thanks to my brother, there's a really funny story that I probably can't touch on because that person's probably listening to this episode. But uh, before the Ritz closed down, we actually went to go see Halloween 1978 together. Mm-hmm. That was red. Um, it was really cool. I believe it was in the original format too, yeah. right? Uh, which was really cool. R.I.P. The Ritz. If you're from Austin, you know that awesome place. Um, but fast forward to 2018, we got a continuation of the original 1978 Halloween, ignoring, uh, I don't want to say terrible stuff from the other Halloweens, but it, it was condensing the timeline down. And as we nerds all know, timeline continuity is very important and you have a lot of plot holes with other movies mm-hmm. they took off Buster Rhymes from the timeline a bunch of other crazy stuff uh, with the Halloween success of 2018 Blumhouse as Hollywood decides doesn't know when to stop continued with Halloween kills and Halloween ends yep. um, what were your thoughts on Halloween ends uh, my thoughts on Halloween ends was and it's, there's a few people I know that enjoyed it, and that's just might piss them off, but I thought it was absolute, just a steaming pile of hot garbage. Um, it's just one of the worst. Next to, and again, this is all my opinion, so if you want to go for me, go for me. It's just as bad as not worse than the Rob Zombie um, Halloween films, and I fucking hated those films. And... This one is right up, like right down there with me. It's just so badly done, and I understand the story's transition from the first 2018 being Michael being uh, a parasite in, in a sense and infecting the town, and then the sequel being the town being infected and looking for a new monster, and third, it turning um, the kid into a new monster. I get it. I get it. I understand that story. I'm not dumb. However, it just... It didn't execute it well, and it was so badly done. I would rather watch Halloween Kills again. And you know how much I hated Halloween Kills. Yeah. Personally, I mean, I would rather watch that film again. And that film was so so fucking dumb to me. But here we are talking about Halloween ends. So, I mean, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. uh, I thought... I will say the only good thing I thought was the uh, the opening scene was really good, and then it kind of just went downhill real fast after that. I mean, they're wrestling in a sewer, man. They're just wrestling in a sewer. <laughs> I'm, uh, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen the movie, 
Yeah, they're, he's just wrestling in a tunnel for a mask. That's what they're doing now. It's just this dude who is a monster of a man. He's he's just the, you know the shape. He's he's bodying everybody. Keeps coming back, but he's getting taken down by a twenty-five-year-old man and and you know in the sewer. Or something. They're just manhandling each other. I just I don't. There's so, so many parts of the story. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Just even without getting into the story, if you're gonna promote. We all know the whole story is Michael and Lori, right? It's been that story since the beginning. And they were going to explore. They were going to end that, right? We got maybe a seven-minute fight with a terrible, terrible ending. And that time is fine, whatever. Seven minutes, whatever. Um, That's not... It's just... He wasn't in there very much. And, uh, yeah, the... uh, ending was just it felt flat on his face and i let i good thing i didn't leave the theaters rolling my eyes i just sat in my home <laughs> rolling my eyes yelling at the tv screen wanting to throw the remote at it so that's where i ended up at uh i think the biggest thing that upset me was the portrayal of Lori in this movie yeah i mean again i have no issues with um her kind of transitioning into the next part of her life the wanting to like close the chapter, but I felt like they still could have kept her very strong-willed like, you know, um, the uh, 2018 or even Halloween Kills. I understand they wanted to move away from her being so paranoid, but I felt like she wasn't as, I don't know, she didn't have that killer instinct to me. To me, again, this is all my opinion and Felipe's opinion, so don't, you know... Don't come for us. I mean, you could, but I mean... And if you do, just make sure you follow the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just I I didn't like Halloween Kills and I and I didn't like Halloween Ends. Halloween Kills uh I I understood what the whole in like I understood what they were trying to do with these second and third movies, but to me it just felt kind of redundant because you were trying to eliminate all the timeline stuff and then you brought some of that stuff back to tell a story that essentially kind of went nowhere. Yeah. That's uh, exactly what happened. Would you watch Halloween Ends again? No. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. No. I mean, if I guess if you're if you're going to offer to pay for the the wings and the pizza and the nachos there, yeah, I mean, you got to give me some some sort of distraction and that's like, you know, in the sense you're blackmailing me uh, or at least <laughs> trying to give me I mean, that's the only way I'm going to watch it again though. Other than that, no, absolutely not. No, one and done. I can I can uh, echo that statement too, but the purpose of this podcast was to talk about uh, probably my most looked forward to Phase Four project in the MCU, which was Werewolf by Night. Uh, we're gonna start off by saying that uh, I'm the comic book nerd in this house. My brother has seen all the Marvel movies and most of the Marvel shows. Yeah, for the most part. Um, He's a critical thinker. I tend to be kind of biased towards the product, obviously. Uh, but I have recently been able to kind of acknowledge that a lot of the Phase 4 stuff has been really, really weak. Uh, it's a split decision. I understand it's reestablishing a whole new phase. We know where this is going. We all knew where this was going if you paid attention to the movies. Um, which, obviously, it's Secret Wars and King Dynasty. Uh, right now... 
how do you feel about phase four as a whole? Uh, I mean, the, the, the bits that I've been catching on because of you, uh, so the first, what was it? The first three phases or yeah, the other phases? Three, yeah. I was, I was a fan of those and there were some weak ones, but with this one, I feel like there's more weaker points than there are stronger ones. There are some really solid stuff that I like. I was a huge fan of the Loki series and I can't wait for that second season to come out. Um, Moon Knight, I didn't love, but I didn't hate either. I think the whole supernatural part of it, I can't wait for like to see where that's going. Yeah, I think it, it started planting some awesome, really awesome seeds, and it's just going to be super sick once that kind of um, goes. Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, that multiverse. There's some again. There's some bits I really really like the horror aspect, uh, and there's some parts that I was just like, yeah. I could have done without. I don't know. A lot of hit or, hit or misses. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes because they could potentially come out with another series and movie that's kind of like wipes the slate clean to where I'm not even thinking about any of the duds anymore. So This was uh, the first Marvel special presentation. Um, from what I understand, it's supposed to be a one-off and kind of not tying to anything. Um, but I feel like based on the, su the success of it, that's going to change. Um, obviously, they're doing some world building, which we'll get into later, which I thought was really cool. And the way they told the story. Uh, this was also Michael Giancchino's, I believe, I don't want to say his directorial debut, but I believe is his MCU directorial debut. Um, for those who don't know, Michael Giancchino is a composer. He's composed some really awesome scores for movies in the past, including his own which was the Werewolf by Night score, which I thought was really good. Uh, he's also done, I believe, No Way Home and some other MCU products. Uh, but his main gig, his main job is to be a composer. He's one of the best composers in the game. So when I first found out that we were going to get a movie, or a special presentation directed by him with being able to play with some of the MCU background, I thought it was really cool. Um, we didn't really know a lot about what this product was going to be, what Werewolf by Night was going to look like <clears throat> until we got the trailer and then the direction was super clear then. It's going to be more of an honor to the Universal Monsters, a black and white movie and um, what did you think of Werewolf by Night without getting into spoilers? Um, it was fucking awesome. Um, I thought the homages to the Universal Monsters in a lot of the films that I was super obsessed with as a teenager uh, was super rad to see. Um, the only thing I guess that I can give away is the black and white. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's shot in that um, color, just or two colors, just make I think makes the film pop a lot more. And if Disney uh, wanted to, or even um, this director wanted to uh, go ahead and reboot any of the Universal-like film, monster films, I would be 100% for it because this little presentation, this short, was just... Man, I want more. Yeah. I definitely want to see more. Whether it's a series or another, or actual, like, film, reboot, whatever. This one just knocked it out of the park, honestly. I agree. It felt... Uh, it was new... To a lot of the MCU folks, I believe, 
um, obviously not new to people who've been a fan of the of the horror genre. It was a huge um, homage to that to that genre, to that film, to that particular age of filmmaking, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but now we're gonna get into spoilers. If you haven't seen this uh, Marvel special presentation, go ahead, stop this podcast, go listen to, go watch the movie, come back and listen to this. Uh, we are going to get into uh, spoilery details of the movie, um, and here we go. First off, the uh, the MCU special presentation, little score, I thought was really cool. It was something different, and then they bled directly into the traditional MCU opening film credit, which was kind of interrupted by some slashing on the screen with... Um, I would say monster sounds. Yeah, even before that, the little lightning that shows up reminds me of uh, if you've never seen a like uh, Frank, like the original Frankenstein film, um, or even like Young Frankenstein. A lot of those black and white films had like the uh, the lightning come out. You know. Yeah. So the story here is uh, they're obviously it's a group of hunters, which already is establishing a that there's been monsters in this universe along with hunters who hunt these monsters. Uh, the big plot point of the story is that Ulysses Bloodstone has died and that they are gathering to not honor his memory, but also find a new Bloodstone holder, which that, per- which that person will be the one leading the battle against the monsters and the humans, which I think it's a very interesting, uh, again, world building without really giving us any more details of that um what did you think about the original well, it seemed to me like an original story of the bloodstone i thought it was really cool uh i don't know a whole i'm not gonna act like i know a lot about this um comic book character uh, again that's your world um the fact that it was horror or horror related or supernatural related that's what like captured my my interest um but i thought it was really cool i thought it was really fun um ominous it just the entire short, again, like I said, I wanted more because it was so balanced uh, between that dark world and also like humor. So that balance, it wasn't like a overbearing amount of humor. It was, no. just, it was the perfect amount along with just like a really dark atmosphere with really cool characters. And I mean, how can you not like Jack? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, obviously the film, people were hesitant because, oh, it's Marvel Studios doing something horror related. Uh, obviously Marvel is owned by Disney and, you know, certain things can be done in certain Mm -hmm. objects. Um, but with, I believe they started pushing the envelope and Doctor Strange with obviously the great Sam Raimi directing that movie. And we all know how crazy he loves to be with his traditional shots and his storytelling. And I thought some of the kills in that movie were really awesome and pushing the envelope. And then you go to Moon Knight, which kind of did the same thing. There was a lot more blood. There was a lot more pushing the envelope when it comes to kills, not not seeing someone's neck get snapped off off screen, which I thought was really cool. Um, the gore in this one was kind of not what I expected it. Uh, obviously with the first kill she chops that dude's hand off and then it's like oh shit like we're really in the shit of it now (laughs) which i thought was really cool because 
you don't get to see stuff like that in in in, no. in most of these Marvel movies. Nope. So, and and obviously, I do think that the black and white was used purposely to tell the story, but also be able to get away with a lot of the blood that was in this movie, which oh, was yeah. which was a lot of blood. Yeah. And then uh, they all gather at the Bloodstone Manor, which I thought was really cool. You have um, Ulysses Bloodstone get rolled out of this casket to tell a... Uh, tell us from the crib joke? Yeah, tell us from the crib <laughs> I mean, joke. Pretty much, pretty much a, uh, crib, a crib keeper joke. And I thought it was really funny. <laughs> and the, the, I will say that while there is comedy and funny moments in this show, in this, in this short... It doesn't feel like it's forced like it did like in some of the other projects that Marvel's done recently. Yeah, uh, it felt like it flowed and it flowed into the natural, uh, the endpoint of the project, which I thought was really cool. Which is often hard to do because you want to do cheesy stuff because you're Marvel and that's the that's the joke, right? Um, but I thought it was really well placed. Um, you get the reviews of Jack and everyone else. You get about five hunters in the room. Then you get uh, the reveal that Elsa has been gone away for 20 years. She has given away the birthright to inherit the Bloodstone. Which for those who don't know, the Bloodstone in the comics uh, gives you strength, longevity, and overall protection. Um, and it seems here that that's being used in the world to kind of deviate them from monsters, which I thought was really cool. And obviously now we have some more world building with the Bloodstone family being the one that is um, the biggest, I believe, the hunters. And then they go on into the field where they hunt each other. Everyone is uh, out to get each other. The last person surviving is obviously the winner of the Bloodstone. It is revealed that there is a monster out in the field and you don't know what monster this is um, until we get further into the story but um, Jack they do this really awesome thing where Jack draws I guess lucky number one and he goes out into the field first and then that's kind of where the score intensifies and I believe uh, the story kind of picks up from there and then uh, they they kill the guy chop his hand off the arrow goes to his throat, which I thought was a really cool kill. Again, you don't see a lot of that stuff in the MCU, which is, I guess you can say unheard of. I hate using that word, but um, it's unheard of. And then you find out that, you know, Jack and Elsa get trapped together. Elsa is, doesn't really, it's not a huge fan of Jack, obviously, understand why. Um, Jack reveals to her that she that he is out after his friend, which is later to be revealed as Man Thing. Um, as a fan of monsters, what did you think about Man Thing? Man, that was really cool. Um, again, I don't. I wish I knew as much about this world as you. Uh, I know more about horror. So, but again, um, that whole. Uh, homage to that world and mon I mean I'm obsessed with monsters and he yep. looked awesome I mean even in color and black and white he looked awesome no, like, no matter what he just yeah. looked rad uh, I thought it was really cool I also liked the relationship I would have definitely watched a, uh, a buddy series between Man Thing oh, and yeah. Jack that would yeah. be rad yeah. I would totally watch that yeah. just because the interaction between the two even yeah. though I can't understand anything Man Thing says, says I would watch that in a heartbeat and totally be okay 
Yeah, uh, which I thought it was cooler that most of the stuff done in this movie, I'll say 100% of the stuff, I believe, was practical down to the way Jack looked once he gets done with his werewolf transformation. Uh, Man-Thing was actually a full practical suit. Um, obviously, they CGI the animation of it, but that's fine. Uh, I just thought the overall aesthetic of the film was really awesome. And again, a, re a really good tribute to the practical stuff that the Universal monsters and that world has done um jack reveals that he is here to save his friend which he is man thing but he has been given a name which is ted uh which i found it to be again just perfect timing for the comedic relief is that this big awesome monster is named ted um jack reveals that he has a explosive device how he got that explosive device seems yet to be revealed which i think could come back later in a really big integral piece he obviously seemed like he didn't know how to work it who gave him that was it blade was it someone else how did they know man thing was trapped in there it's another story to be told which i think is just again really really awesome mcu world building um they obviously find out that ted is there and they want to go get him then they find out they're able to find the wall where he is meant to place the explosive. There's a really funny scene where Jack is like, how do you turn this thing on? He turns it on. Then they have to improvise and get to the wall where they're supposed to release Man-Thing from. And then you have, again, a really well-timed comedic MCU moment where he's throwing the bomb and the bomb keeps coming back. And he can't place it where it needs to be placed. And he finally places it. Um, once he's released, they play this awesome score. Which almost, again, seems like a nod to like the Universal stuff. Where a monster gets free. And it's almost like a beautiful... You, you hate... They make you feel stuff for Ted. And you don't even really know Ted. Because you find yeah. out that he's being trapped. And being hunted. And you find out that he's a really awesome just monster dude just hanging out well it's the whole story it's the same story um within that universal world which is a lot of monsters are uh, misunderstood um and they honestly just want to be either friends or it's like a like entangled love story and so the fact that they look a certain way um or they're just trying to survive or whatever is just kind of like misconstrued so it's it goes hand in hand so i really like that yeah then Elsa and Jack are talking. There's a moment where they get heard by another one of the hunters. Then it is revealed that the Bloodstone rejects Jack. And it immediately outs him as Werewolf by Night. That he is a monster. Again, just reiterating, I am so excited about this Monster Bridges Humans concept. The storytelling that can be done with that is really awesome. Then they trap Elsa and Jack. Jack starts smelling Elsa. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this dude smelling her? And then you come to realize that um, dogs, wolves, a lot of those type of, types of creatures, you smell to uh, remember people, but also uh, initiate if they're friendly or not friendly. And I thought that was a really cool um, thing. And then I think probably what you're most excited to talk about is the transformation scene. Oh, that was rad. That was so rad. Just because you, you you don't really get to see it, but the fact that it's all based in the shadows, that's what makes it cool. And 
that's one of my like if i don't get to actually see the transformation like if you watch america america and uh world of london uh where it's literally phase by phase by phase by phase um my next favorite is just seeing it kind of in the shadow and just kind of overtaking and it just looks so badass so badass and then you get the big face reveal which again, I think Jack looked awesome. Again, probably a big homage to the Universal World, the way he looked. Oh, he, he looks sick. I mean, in this case, it's all almost like keep it simple, stupid. You don't have to like go crazy with it. Yeah. He looked rad the way he was. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, he breaks out, which which leads to just an awesome killing spree that Jack does. Um, and then we get to my favorite scene of the whole movie is the hallway scene, um, which is the same hallway that he walks down. And at first, you know that this guy is is Jack, and you know he's werewolf by night, but you don't really know the story. You don't really know how he got there, but you see him looking at what almost looks like Egyptian hieroglyphics, which again, I don't know if it's world building on purpose to the world of Moon Knight, or if it's just are they going to base this this monster world based off um, what seems to be almost Egyptian roots, which I think would be really cool. That hallway scene, he goes ham on what many people thought to be TVA agents. We later find out that these are just security goons for the Bloodstone family. He goes crazy. He murders all of them. Then there's, uh, I think we all marked out in the house, which was the blood splatter on the camera. Sick. Which it was so awesome. So awesome. And it's just little things like that that made this feel like different from any MCU project was um, the tears in the film mm -hmm. and then the blood splatter. Yeah. It, again, it wasn't just like uh, for those old monster movies. It's just any uh, old black and white film. Um, it just played out like that. But the fact that uh, once the blood splattered on screen, I just like wasn't just fanning out because that was super fucking cool. Super rad. And the kills were, were, were brutal. You, you saw people's limbs fly. You saw people get their throat ripped out. Thought it was really cool. And then um, Elsa's mom, Elsa's stepmom, I should say, tries to use the stone on Jack. It's successful for a bit of period of time. Elsa gets to attack her stepmom, which apparently they've been beefing for 20 plus years now, according to the story, which I think is really cool. Uh, that the bloodstone gets inherited unless you seem to forfeit that right so elsa seemed to be gone for 20 plus years she forgave that right and then um she ends up killing she ends up killing her her stepmom jack and ted go on their way also gets the bloodstone and then in a really cool unexpected transition the color comes back into the world um obviously a signaling that for now, those worlds don't seem to be battling each other. For the meantime, um, what did you think about the color being added back? And I guess also the song that was playing too. I also felt, well, I thought the color was added back uh, mostly because like uh, uh, changing of hands. Yeah. So uh, black and white, it being from uh, this old fashioned world, it still has this view obviously of my, uh, keeping separate, not even just separation between monsters and, and humanity, but uh, destroying that that world of monsters not really kind of understanding and it being kind of taken by Elsa now it's not only creating a new phase I want to say but also creating this new understanding between um, people and monsters like like you saw 
Yeah, I thought... Her, it, yeah, between her and Jack and her and Ted, so... Yeah, I don't know if they're going to revisit... I mean, I'm sure they'll re- revisit that relationship. Whether it involves it to something else, we're going to find out. Um, but I thought it was really cool that um, Elsa saw Jack for what she really was. Again, the universal world of understanding that these people... These people and these monsters feel things and aren't just... You know, they're... Animals feel things and people feel things. And what I think the whole... Um what they're trying to get at is that obviously people are the monsters like yeah that humanity in itself they're the real monsters because because in this instance they're just um destroying this world of monsters just based on how they look um or maybe just like some misunderstandings they've had with other other people or other beings and so it, at this point the reflection of it all is people are that that, that the true monsters and these monsters are just trying to survive. So that's what it looks like to me right now. But again, I'm just speaking as a war fan. So. And then you get this cool scene where Ted and Jack are talking about getting sushi later. That's awesome. Where this is placed in the MCU timeline, I'm not really sure. Um, it's sushi, so I'm assuming it's maybe sometime in the present. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I thought it was based in an, a, an older period, but maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's not as old as uh, There's a record playing, and they're listening to a record. So By Judy Garland? By Judy Garland. So if those nerds who are like, well, technically this was... If you want to dissect that, you can do that. I'm going to wait to find out because we got so much more sto- so much more cool stuff coming with the MCU, including Black Panther, which comes out later next month, which that I'm pretty... fucking awesome. Which I'm pretty excited to see. Um and it's October, obviously, so go watch all the horror stuff that you can. Yeah. Um, I believe today, the 20th, the recording of this podcast, VHS 99, is coming out. Uh, I'm not too sure, but also, if you haven't seen it, um, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I did enjoy it. Terrifier 2 is, is really enjoyable. Um, also, on, on Shudder, if you have it, which is connected to Amazon Prime, I just recently watched a film called Deadstream, uh, that if you're a fan of you just said it, uh, uh, Sam Raimi, uh, who did Evil Dead. If you're, if you're a fan of uh, horror comedy, um, like uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil as well, uh, then Deadstream on Shudder has been something that I've been just like absolutely loving. Uh, so yeah, check that one out as well. Uh, I would say I got to see Barbarian. My brother hasn't seen it yet, so I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, but I thought it was really awesome. If you have a chance to go see that in theaters, go see it. Um, I believe it comes out in a couple of weeks on HBO Max. I believe they were talking about yes, it. Yes, next week. Um, but I would watch it again. I loved it. I thought it was original. But again, I'm not that much into horror. Um, I'm starting to get into it. Uh, people around me are obsessed with it. My best friends are obsessed with it. My girlfriend's obsessed with it. So I should probably start uh, being a little bit more obsessed with it myself. But um, any last words for the for the listeners? Uh just watch as much horror as you can and then also felipe and i i'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and, ch- and put this in here i just recently got him in at lions krav maga so i think everyone should at least check it out um because i'm gonna start uh being an instructor there so come out and train with both of us huh do it it's fun it's a great place um where can the listeners go follow you on social media? Uh, I have uh, a personal account at X Chicano Action Bronson X. I have one that just 
um, only uh, goes over any of my lifting stuff, my training stuff, um, whether it's the Muay Thai drills we run or the ground jujitsu stuff we run, and that's at uh, X Charlie underscore Two Gloves X. Um, yes, but my two most important ones. I that's Instagram, right? Yeah, it's Instagram. Yeah. The edge is strong in this group. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. That is episode 11 of the Latino Nerd Order podcast. Thank you.